0: Welcome to the Divine Rebel podcast with me, Pavitra Banavar. I'm an intuitive mentor, human design expert, and energy healer. This podcast is for the spiritual woman and entrepreneur who is ready to drop the shoulds in all aspects of life. Join me every week as we talk about all things spirituality, inclusivity, human design, and business. Hey fam, welcome back to the podcast. For today's episode, I have Christine Rodriguez from the Astrology Now podcast here for another Divinely seen interview. I actually met Christine last year when I got a Vedic astrology reading from her, and I instantly felt connected to her energy. Um, I have actually loved our conversations about spirituality and social justice, and I'm really excited to have her on the podcast to dive more into these topics. So, thank you so much for joining me, Christine.
1: Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I'm so honored.
0: Yeah, I'm really excited to get into this. So I'm just gonna let you go ahead and introduce yourself and tell everyone what you do.
1: Yeah, so um, I am Christine and I'm from Austin or I live in Austin Mm -hmm. and I am a Vedic astrologer. As you mentioned, I've been teaching yoga for like the past decade and I'm a social worker. And I think that that's really what connected us was that we're both in the spiritual community, but then we both have these other careers that kind of show us this like very material Mm -hmm. (laughs) reality. And I mean, (laughs) spirituality is reality, but you know what I mean? Just this kind of in your face about the reality behind different demographics and social justice and what's going on in the world outside of our spiritual thinking. And Mm -hmm. so I think that that like being a social worker was really what kind of connected us in a deeper way.
0: Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So I work as a nurse and I mean, you're right. I think that sometimes being like, especially I think in the online space and spirituality, it it can kind of make you feel like you're in a bubble, like everyone kind of thinks the same, but then you are kind of going outside of that bubble and seeing the reality of what's actually happening in the world. And I think that right. bringing that into spirituality is so powerful. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, so this is a question that I ask all my guests. So um, when do you feel like your most rebellious self? I love
1: this. I've been thinking about this question. And I was telling you this before we hopped on. I was like, I don't know.
0: Yeah.
1: But I honestly... I feel the most rebellious when I stand up for things that I know are true in my heart, which isn't, it's like, it's not rebellious to my heart, but it feels rebellious to what I'm seeing happen in the outer world a lot of the time. Mm -hmm. And so when I'm standing up for injustices that are like common, you know, if the rest of the world sees it as something as acceptable, and then I choose to use my voice and say, hey, I don't think that this is right. I feel I feel rebellious, but it, it feels so uh, virtuous at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, and then other times I feel rebellious are probably just when it's like, you know, I fall into the nine to five mindset. I think I should be working, but instead I'm watching Netflix and drinking like hops, you know? <laughs>
0: I love that. Yeah, exactly. Especially when we're like getting out of that mindset of we should be working all the time. And uh-huh. um, I know, especially because in human design, too, you're a reflector. And so uh-huh. I know that we've kind of had conversations about this about like feeling like we don't always fit into the mold of like what we're supposed to be doing and always like having that drive, I guess, to produce. So yes. I love that. But yeah, even uh-huh. your answer about just speaking your truth, I think that. Sometimes we can kind of overlook those moments just, you know, because I don't know. I mean, I guess because to us, it just feels like, OK, I'm just saying what's on my heart. But those really are rebellious moments because you're kind of going against the grain and it can feel really scary, but also really powerful.
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, it's like, what would the world look like if more people did that?
0: Mm And I I
1: think that speaking from the heart can be a really scary thing because it's vulnerable. It's like when we dig that deep and we reveal to the world, you know, what we're truly thinking, what we're truly feeling, having that judged is so potentially terrifying. And I mean, if if you take it in a certain way, it could be damaging potentially, but it's like when we choose to not allow society or not allow judgment or expectations to define us and keep us contained, kind of mm. keeping us in the in the norm and the flow of what society wants us to do. It's like, that's how massive change happens. And it is rebellious.
0: Yeah, you know? exactly. I think that made sense. No, definitely. Yeah. I think that, I mean, what what's coming to me is I think, especially as we get older, you know, like I think, you know, in our twenties, we're kind of more susceptible to like going along with everyone else. Cause we're a little scared to stand up and say, no, I disagree. But I I find at least in myself that like as I've gotten older and into my 30s that I actually love those moments when I can stand in my power and say this is my truth or this is what I believe because it just shows me that I am coming more into myself and that I'm becoming more comfortable with who I am and my voice.
1: 100%. And what's so amazing is that when we do that, that's when we find our people, Hmm. that's when we find the people who are with us or who are lifers, you right. know, it's like when we speak from our heart, it's like, it's, um, yeah, it's just like shining a light for people to find us. Otherwise we're attracting people who appreciate us for things that we don't really represent.
0: Right. No, that's very true. Yeah. I think that especially, I mean, being in the online space can sometimes feel like you're trying to just like go along to get along. Is that the same? Like, mm-hmm. you know, it just it, sometimes it feels like, ooh, am I going to be the one to rock the boat? But I mean, I always find that in those moments when I do stand up and just say, this is what I'm thinking. And, you know, really um, let that fire come out is when I find a lot more people are um, not only resonating with me, but I think also just um, I feel like they also want to then show up in their power, which is amazing. Wow.
1: Absolutely. Mm -hmm. That is such an amazing thing to say. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, So tell us more about your journey that led you here.
1: Yeah. Do you mean just like to spirituality or to? Um,
0: Yeah, we'll start with spirituality and then we'll kind of get into like um, Vedic astrology and things like that um, later. So, yeah, if you want to talk about kind of what brought you into the spiritual space. Sure. Mm -hmm.
1: So. I was raised, and I think maybe you and I have spoken about this before, I forget, Mm. but my mom was actually very into Western astrology. Mm. And so ever since I was younger, I had, and she also introduced me to the concept of reincarnation. So Mm. I was like raised with these thoughts of past lives and, you know, my my like kind of energy, what I'm putting out into the world, what may be um, something that I have to experience consequences for in the future. You know, Mm -hmm. she kind of gave me these different ideas and I always remember being so fascinated with the concept of karma and with the concept of past lives and the concept of of course astrology and so she really was my first introduction to these different concepts but she didn't have really the language for it Mm. and then I got older and my relationship with Vedic astrology is actually completely parallel to my path with spirituality because um Again, I was kind of like aimlessly wondering, I knew there was something to astrology, but I couldn't put my finger on it. I was like guessing people's birthdays and, and all of that. But when I moved to Austin and I found my first Vedic astrology teacher, Mattab, that was when everything started falling into place and he was incredibly traditional in his teachings. Um, and so I was really lucky to learn in this like, like true to form way, Mm. um, and that's really how everything <laughs> took off, was just stumbling into a yoga studio and meeting the owner and finding out he taught something called Vedic astrology, taking a, a course with him, and then everything else just kind of tumbleweeded from there.
0: Wow. Yeah, I love stories like that. I just think it really goes to show like, the synchronicities and just really how easily like things can happen when you're meant to be doing something. Um that like mirrors my, my, uh, experience with human design and how I came to it where it's like, I found it. And then just from there, like things just kind of fell into place. And I love that. I love how it's like, you were kind of discovering like spirituality and Vedic astrology at the same time. Do you feel like the two, like that your experience with spirituality has been, I'm like trying to figure out how to ask this, but, um, like kind of mirroring like what you've learned in Vedic astrology and I guess just like in those oh, type t- of teachings.
1: Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um for sure and like you were saying with everything falling into place it's so interesting to me still that I was interested in spirituality, I was interested in astrology but I didn't find a western astrology teacher. You mm, know what I mean? Right. I stumbled into a Vedic astrology teacher and that's when my life opened up and I started teaching yoga and I got interested in Ayurveda. And so it's like the Eastern philosophies, you know, from ancient India, they have such an impact on me. Mm -hmm. And I think that so much of how I view the world is from a yogic philosophy and, and a Vedic philosophy, you know, because Ayurveda, it's an Upa Veda, Vedic astrology is a Vedanga, they're limbs and supplementaries of the Vedas. Mm-hmm. And so I would say that that information and that lineage is really how I view and make sense of <laughs> this really complicated world.
0: Yeah, I um, obviously I follow you on Instagram and a lot of your um, posts and content is about like kind of teaching these um, concepts. And I really love how like grounded you are in that teaching. Like, I mean, I've actually, I've learned a lot about like Hinduism and um, the Vedas and everything just from your content. So I love that. Um, Can you just tell us like a little bit more about like the basics of Vedic astrology, I guess, and um, kind of in contrast to Western astrology? Sure. Yeah.
1: So Vedic astrology is going to be um, like the Eastern astrology, right? So like Mm -hmm. if you were to go to India to get a reading, it would likely be the Vedic astrology. Mm -hmm. And Western astrology is going to be very solar based. It's going to be based on the position of the sun at any given moment in time. And it's going to have a lot to do with the equinox when the sun passes over. The vernal equinox, and so that being said, it's not rooted in the astronomical placement of the planets. It's in relationship to where the sun is currently positioned, or excuse me, where the earth is currently positioned in relationship to the sun. I should say, mm-hmm. this is all geocentric. Right. <laughs> but and then um, and then with Vedic astrology it accounts for the precession of the equinox. And so what I mean by that is the way that the stars relate to Earth shift one degree every 72 years. So that means that where Aries was 72 years ago is one degree different now. And so Vedic astrology kind of tracks that precession of the equinox, making the um, assessment very precise. So for example, today it's October 1st, 2021. Mm -hmm. If you were to download a star app and go outside and see where the planets are placed, you'll see that Saturn is astronomically in the sign of Capricorn. And so in Western it's, it's Aquarius. Mm -hmm. And so Vedic astrology, it's going to use that specific placement. Um, and so that's a little bit about the sidereal, astrology system. And then of course, Western astrology is going to be more seasonally based and uh, more solar based. So is that helpful?
0: Yeah, yeah, no, that's really helpful. I mean, and I always say on my podcast that I don't really understand astrology at all. So (laughs) I like, (laughs) it's just whatever I see kind of out there that I'm like, oh, this is what the planets are doing right now. But I don't really understand like the details. That's how
1: I feel about human design. So I'm like, thank God for Pavi because I have no idea. I'm like, is this a reflector thing? I don't know. I'll yeah, like, I I'll think... Pavi about
0: it. <laughs> That's how I feel. I'm just like, I'll go find somebody to answer this question for me. But I mean, I guess the most that I know about Vedic astrology is that most of my planets are like in the sign before like Yeah, Mm -hmm. like before they are in my Western. So when I got a reading from you, it was really fascinating, actually, because I feel like a lot of it resonated with me, which is surprising, I think, because you would think that, okay, if you've lived according to the Western astrology system this whole time, right, and you're like, okay, I'm a Libra. um, But then when I got the reading from you, just finding out that, okay, I'm a Virgo sun, but a Scorpio uh, rising and I'm a Pisces moon and like it all fit. Like, I mean, it actually, I think it actually spoke more to my soul than even the Western astrology. I just, I don't know. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. I don't know. It just, it feels like it goes a little deeper into like who you are as a person where sometimes Western astrology can feel a little bit like, okay, these are just kind of Like being a Sagittarius rising, I mean, I can relate to it, but I don't know that it like really spoke to me, like how being a Scorpio rising spoke to me.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And you know, every astrologer is going to have a different opinion about that, right? Like everyone is going to have their own take on it. But the way that I like to think about astrology, and again, this is from a Vedic perspective because Veda, it's knowledge right? It's Mm -hmm. the infinite knowledge. And so when we're using Vedic astrology, which is a limb of the Veda, we're trying to tap into a universal knowledge, essentially. We're trying to gain information on what's happening energetically in the cosmos, right? Mm -hmm. And so for me, when I'm looking at a birth chart, it feels like I'm looking at someone's genetic karmic makeup. It's Mm -hmm. like, this is their kind of karmic design in this lifetime. And so I would certainly say that it goes incredibly deep and it can reveal things about us like psychologically, emotionally, and also Vedic astrology, it really excels at being a predictive tool. Mm-hmm. So it, it can tell us a lot about cycles of life and when things are going to occur. But um, but that's the way that I view it. And I, I would say that it it just, the layers of Vedic astrology just keep going. And when you think that you can't go any deeper, there's like something else that we can gain more insight on. So it's really amazing. And if someone's listening to this and they don't know much about it, I highly recommend looking into it because it's just, it's an honor to, in my opinion, it's an honor to have contact with Vedic astrology.
0: Mm. Yeah. I would definitely recommend like getting a reading from someone, um, with you know if you're interested because yeah i definitely feel like it revealed a lot more to me than sometimes even my western astrology and i've had my natal chart read in western astrology as well but yeah it definitely spoke to my soul so yeah i agree with that um and it does kind of remind me just talking about vedic astrology also reminds me a lot of the way that i speak about human design like you said about like going deeper when you feel like, OK, I've, I've learned everything. There's always like another <laughs> layer and something else that you're discovering. So it totally I feel like it mirrors human design in that way, which I mean, they're both kind of built on a lot of these same systems like astrology and the chakra system and all that. So I think that there is like some overlapping there. And we spoke, I think, months ago when human design, um, like one of the websites had come out with the sidereal human design and it changed everyone's chart and everything and people were like freaking out about like (laughs) which one do we use and I remember coming to and being like I don't really understand this but like um, I did find it fascinating because you were actually I remember this that you were a reflector in both so I I found that really fascinating because I know a lot of people's um, design had changed based on which system they were using so I remember that.
1: Yeah, I love that you looked like. I mean, honestly, from the outside looking in, you're just such a Scorpio. Like, just <laughs> trying to get more data, more information, and even the depth thing of like wanting to know more and dig deeper. You know, that's just such a scorpionic, yeah, thing. But um, no, I love that, and even just listening to you, it just it make, it inspires me to get another human design reading because I just feel like that there's so much more to learn.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, even I feel that way. I mean, I've been like looking into to it for like over a year now. And I still I mean, obviously, like it takes years to master it. Uh, but like, even now, it's like I have my solar return coming up um, next week. And like, I'm looking at like my solar return, human design for the year and trying to like figure out, you know, like what's like what's coming or what themes and like, I find that kind of stuff very fascinating. Like I love getting deeper into things just because Like you said like scorpio rising i feel like i definitely don't just like scratch the surface and say okay i got this i'm like let's go deep into every (laughs) topic yeah so
1: yeah but that's like what makes you so good at what you do Mm -hmm. you know because that that's what allows you that motivation and I feel like for Scorpio what's so cool about it is it doesn't feel like work it's like they love this so mm-hmm. Scorpionic people like any type of occult science or thing like human design I just feel like they excel so easily because they want to go deep they want to learn more and it's fun
0: <laughs> yeah yeah that's how I feel I was like oh let's do this like this is something new this year like let's like look into the solar return and yeah mm-hmm. like I, I definitely agree with that I think it's it is like more fun for me it's almost like I I mean, I could do it like I could give readings and do all that stuff. But sometimes it's just like more fun for me to just like sit with my chart or someone else's chart and just and I and I'll like, you know, I'll message people and be like, oh, I was just looking at this in your design and like, you know, and ask them questions and like want to get to know like how they relate to it, even if it's just like a friend. And, you know, because I find that stuff so fascinating and it's not even just about. And I'm sure you're probably the same way because it's not just about learning it, but it's about like, how are you embodying it? Like, how are you actually applying it in your life? Yes. Mm-hmm.
1: Yes. No, absolutely. And and I think that we are our own best case studies by far. And, and now it's like when you're looking at your solar return chart, you get to watch how it unravels and how it works. And that's going to translate into all of your client work too.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that. that. So let's kind of switch gears a little bit and, um, talk about kind of what has been your experience as a woman of color in the online spiritual space.
1: Yeah. Thanks for asking that. And, you know, I feel like my experience online has been so much different than in person. Um, Mm -hmm. and I'm curious to hear your experience as well.
0: Mm -hmm. Um,
1: I just found that, and maybe this is one of those acts of rebellion too, but I found when I was working for other people and when I was coming into contact with people and I was an employee, there was so much more that I experienced that I would categorize as like less savory, not as fun, um, you know, borderline Mm -hmm. infuriating. And then now that I work online and I am, lucky enough to have my own business and work for myself. I don't uh I feel like it's mostly beneficial. And I I think that something that's been really fun is meeting other women of color in the space and them creating their own business and and I feel like that's an act of rebellion, you know. Mm. Um and so I would I I would say I've loved witnessing that and connecting with other content creators and and yeah, I mean, I would say that would be my, my biggest experience. But I think that the other thing is kind of moving into this direction of social justice, because when you are a person of color and when you're a social worker or a nurse, mm-hmm. you know, you come into different con, you come into contact with things growing up that are unique and you see the world in a specific way and and you are exposed to things that not everyone is exposed to. And so then when you come to a spiritual community, you hear things and see things where you're like, well, wait a second. I don't know how I feel about that. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I think that it's given me a, a particular kind of perspective on things, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I think um, like what you said about kind of having this like almost like a better experience online um, and now I'm thinking about it and I'm like, yeah, I think in some ways I have had a better experience online, especially I think like in the spiritual space, because like in my real life sort of experience, I mean, I think that, yes, like I am spiritual, but I feel like that doesn't really come off all the time like I guess like I don't necessarily put that part of me out there like Mm -hmm. in everyday life like at work and those type of spaces and so I've definitely had the experience of you know being in mostly like white dominated spaces and things like that where I have felt like an outsider um just because, you know, I think that's just the way the workspace usually is in America unless you work somewhere that is predominantly like made up of of a certain like, um, you know, culture or ethnicity. Mm-hmm. But I think that coming to the online space has been really different and like better for me because, yeah, I agree. I've met so many people um, from different, you know, walks of life and different experiences that have allowed me to learn so much. And also, just to have these type of conversations, like, I mean, the reason that I started this um, interview series was to kind of give voice to BIPOC people in the spiritual space who maybe like don't always get the experience because I feel like, you know, a lot of times I see a lot more, you know, like, white people who are able to share their stories and their work and all of that. And sometimes I feel like, we really are kind of outsiders in this space, so I think to be able to allow um, women of color to show up and really share like their work and their experiences is really powerful for me.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely! It's so powerful for me too, mm-hmm. and just like so exciting, yeah. Because it's so different than anything you would have witnessed fifty years ago, right? You know, and so to see people like owning their heritage and owning themselves and and doing something that has honestly and until very recently been dominated by white people but it's so awesome Mm -hmm. to see this happening and and have the platform for it and what social media um has given the opportunity for people to do but then also watching them stand in their own power and and do what they do best it's just super super wonderful to see
0: yeah for sure um let's yeah let's kind of move into the like the topic of, you know, the intersectionality of spirituality and social justice, because I know you and I have kind of had these conversations or even just in passing, like if, you know, I've done a live or if you've posted something like we kind of have had these conversations. And I really think that it's a big thing in the health and wellness space right now, like um, that I, I don't think people can really um, separate the two. You know, I think that spirituality and social justice are really, like, um, go hand in hand because I'm seeing a lot more conversations um, of people in the spiritual community who are talking about, you know, social justice and um, especially, I think, over the past year with, like, um, Black Lives Matter and I think just, you know, a lot of things like yoga practice. I obviously am not... Um, big in the yoga community at all. but I know that, you know, there's a lot of conversations that are happening in these communities. So, um I'm trying to find a, a like a, a good way in to the conversation. but I think just I guess what has been your experience of spirituality and social justice kind of coming together?
1: Wow, I love that question. and i I love what you said about them going hand in hand
0: mm-hmm.
1: because that is the objective truth (laughs) (laughs) if if we're talking about spirituality and the essence of spirituality and really the essence of like pretty much any religion
0: Mm -hmm. is it's
1: we're wanting to find connection and we're wanting to find compassion and we're wanting to find love those are like the primary core values of spirituality and when we are being truly connected And when we're truly tuned into this quote unquote universal consciousness, we have to be able to look at the suffering of the world. We have to be able to look at how things are unfair because if, if we're looking at society as this like universal consciousness, if one of us is suffering, all of us are suffering.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: And so it's so important for us to uplift one another and to, be able to acknowledge the darkness and be able to acknowledge what isn't fair and what is oppressive and what is, you know, appropriating. And so, yeah, I mean, I I think that you hit the nail on the head and just saying how intertwined they are. And another thing that I was noticing recently is some of the most well-known spiritualists and the most popular spiritualists are also advocates. And they're also people who speak up for the rights of others. They're not saying, oh, no, you know, good vibes only. We can't look at the dark. We have to focus on the light. They want to actively serve
0: and uplift
1: the underdogs. Mm -hmm. And so I think that that's something really important to take into consideration.
0: Yeah, definitely. And I think that, you know, I I do see a change because I think even just a couple of months ago, the spiritual community was – kind of I mean I was seeing a lot of things that you know were kind of the opposite of that message I think I was seeing a lot of bypassing and people who were kind of like trying to come out and just like put their own you know opinions and kind of try to tell people how to live their lives I think that's actually one of the first conversations you and I had had about it um was kind of this idea of of people in the spiritual community with like really huge followings who were trying to you know, tell their followers like what type of diet they should follow and things like that, that, you know, I think that there has been work that's been done over the past year, like maybe just on an individual level where people are really examining, you know, their own privileges and kind of the message that they're putting out there and and whether it is helping everyone or if it's like really kind of um, like harmful to the collective.
1: Mm hmm. Yeah,
0: absolutely.
1: So. And and it's also like what you were mentioning in terms of having a blanket statement or having run, one rule that everyone should follow is it doesn't take into consideration the different demographics and it doesn't go into... Um, it doesn't take into account different socioeconomic backgrounds and also just how society is set up. Like you were talking about with a specific diet, you know, what about food deserts and Mm -hmm. what about people who literally eat from a gas station every night, you know? And so it's really important to keep everyone in mind. And I think that there is something that is really profoundly spiritual in doing the work to see the world from the perspective of everyone. Um, Rather than trying to take things out of our life and try to kind of fit our actions into a certain box, if that makes sense, mm-hmm. I, I think that there is something that can be so liberating and so, so like purifying and humanizing to take time to reflect on how people experience the world in profoundly different ways wildly different ways and speaking to that and how can people access spirituality that way how can people tap into their higher self that way rather than you know having this set of rules that everyone should abide by that's only going to be accessible by you know the elite classes who have money does that make sense
0: yeah yeah I think that definitely makes a lot of sense because I think that is kind of what we were seeing I'm not saying it's completely like gone in the online space but I do think that we were seeing a lot more people who were operating like from that place of like privilege and bypassing and all of that and I think that the more that that people speak out against it and really like shed a light on it I think that those people are maybe examining like okay where where are these like you know, comments coming from, like, is it coming from a place of privilege? Because like you said, I mean, even something like your diet, it's, you know, it's easy to say, okay, we should all follow like a vegan diet, things like that. But like you said, I mean, are you examining, you know, where, where are people living? Are they, do they have access to this type of food and all of those things that I think that, in the past maybe people weren't really shedding a light on i think that we were just allowing people to just come on and say whatever they wanted and now i it's not even so much like you know calling out or, or cancel culture or whatever i think it's more just you know you're seeing more diversity in the space and you're seeing more people who are just speaking from their own life experiences that i think it's it's just it's helping everyone because then, you know, we all get to see these different experiences and kind of, you know, ha- like see somebody that you can relate to. Because I think for me, it's really this idea that, you know, sometimes the most spiritual people are the ones who aren't the elite, right? Like it's, you know, especially, I mean, if you look at like Indian, um like Hinduism and even just Indian culture, it's like the stories are all about. The, the person who gave up all of their material belongings and, you know, and then went off and was meditating and all of those things that I think that we kind of forget about. And we, we want to like, especially in Western culture and the way that, you know, people are always just like, take, take, take. I think that we're, we're like, oh, you need the crystals and you need like all of these tools in order to be spiritual. And yeah. at the end of the day, it's really about what's, you know, within, right. And I think that that's, maybe what we're kind of moving towards is getting to that place
1: yeah yeah and i mean i hope so you know Mm -hmm. and i think you know i i feel that i don't scroll a whole lot i'm usually just looking at the people who i'm already following so i think that you probably have a better understanding of like what the climate is right now but i think that you really made an excellent point about like materialism and the flashiness you know, mm-hmm. and I think that there really is something right now where spirituality is also very beautiful and very expensive and, <laughs> and you know, all these things. But if we're looking at anything like Hinduism, um, you know, Sanantana Dharma, uh, Buddhism, is it's always like you said, it's about people who give everything up and and taking time to search within even Buddha, you know, Buddha was a prince or he was raised in luxury. And he's like, you know what, I can't find happiness in this. I'm going to leave. So, and, you know, the concept of non-attachment and not being attached to material things or finding fulfillment through material things, but trying to find that fulfillment within. And that doesn't require spending any money. You know, you can tune into source and you can find a complete divine connection with yourself by closing your eyes. You know, you don't need to do anything beyond that. And these practices of human design or Vedic astrology or whatever it is that you like, it's like that's your outlet. That's that's the most expensive outlet you're ever going to have is something that can give you that much insight and awareness into yourself. Um, all this other stuff, its it's super helpful Mm -hmm. you know, but it's not going to get you to the same place as investing the true time in yourself of meditating, um, spending time soul searching, contemplating acts of service, serving other people. You know, to me, that's how we can really access spirituality and it doesn't cost anything. So, Mm -hmm. and it doesn't look like anything, you know, it's going to look so different on everybody. So, right. I, I love that you said that.
0: Yeah, I think that that's that's so powerful. What you said about like, it's really just about your connection to source. And that Mm -hmm. really doesn't cost you anything, right? Like, I think that that that's what, you know, I think that we kind of forget that sometimes in the spiritual community. And like you said about social media, yeah, like even I've, you know, taken a step back. And I think a lot of people have lately, um, taken a step back from social media and, and like, I've talked to so many people who are like, oh, okay, I'm unfollowing I'm all these people that I don't relate to anymore. And I'm, you know, taking time off from that and everything just because it does kind of become this like time suck, but not even just that. I think that you're just seeing like all of these people and their lives and all these things. And, and it makes you feel like, okay, I need to do more, get more and all of that when really, you know, it's just about quieting the mind and, and, you know, really just spending time with yourself because that is really the most powerful connection you're going to have is with yourself and with source. And, um, I loved everything you said about that, where it's, it's like you, and I'm not, you know, saying don't make the money and, you know, have mm-hmm. nice things or anything like that. Cause you know, I, that's unrealistic, but yeah, I think that when you really come down to, like, what is spirituality and why, you know, why are we on this path? I mean, it's really to, like, reconnect with source, right? And I think that sometimes we all need that reminder. So I love that you said that. Um, yeah, I'm yeah. trying to think if there's, like, anything else that, that's, like, coming to me to talk about. Um,
1: yeah, I mean, I do have something to add on to that. Yeah, just, I mean, what you said was so beautiful, and I just wanted to add on, like, you were saying what we're ultimately here for is to connect to that source. And like we were saying, every single person, you know, every single person listening to this, even every single person who's not listening to this, who never thinks about spirituality, all of us have this connection to source. And so what that means is that all of us are so much more similar than we are different. Mm -hmm. And when we connect to that space, that's when social justice starts happening because we're like, Oh, you're just like me. I want you to have as much as I do, (laughs) you know, let me Mm -hmm. serve you. Let me help you. Let me uplift you, you know? And so when we really come to that space of, of connection, it no longer becomes about the I and the me and who am I in this life and what are my tendencies? It becomes, how can I help the world? How can I connect more deeply with the people around me? Um, And so it becomes less about the individual and more about the collective, which is what I think that we're all striving for anyway. And so I just wanted to add that on because I think that that kind of wraps it back around to what we were talking about in the beginning about this universal consciousness and this concept of universal consciousness. And if if that's truly our goal is to tap into that, what we can do is tap into ourselves and then really look to understand and find compassion for the people around us.
0: Does that make sense? Yeah, no, I loved that because. Like, I think that, you know, we have kind of moved towards this time of like seeing the flaws in our systems, you know, especially over the past like year and a half and everything going on. I think a lot of people have seen how the government and, you know, the systems that we're in aren't working. And I think that it's like kind of easy to to blame the, the bigger system as a whole and say, okay, we need that type of change. But I've honestly just found that, like it's about that individual change within ourselves, you know, that you're talking about like that connection with other people and even just the work that we're doing on ourselves. And I really think that those are the things that will make the biggest difference in the long run, right? Because I mean, the idea of like toppling these systems, you know, I mean, yes, we could do it, but I think that we all have to get to a place where, like you said, we, we understand that interconnectedness of okay, we are all in this together and not just, okay, I'm in it for me and this person's in it for themselves. So yeah, I think that everything you're saying has, is really being mirrored in, you know, what we're seeing in the world right now. And I think that, you know, I, I'm not going to say that I've I've already been seeing a lot of change because I think there's still a long way to go on that. But I think that, you know, every conversation, every, you know, post every like anything you know I mean not even just social media but I think just just any little movement towards that I think that just opening people's eyes to what's possible you know is, is making a difference because I can see just from you know things that I post or or the podcast and stuff where I'll have somebody come and be like yeah you know that totally like open my eyes to this and you know and and i and i realize that those are the things that are going to make the difference is just every single person doing their own work and connecting back to source and um i think that that's that's like the most powerful thing absolutely yeah absolutely Mm, i love that um so let's kind of wrap it up so um do you just want to let everyone know where they can find you and what you're currently working on
1: sure so i actually just launched my inner knowing vedic coaching program yesterday and it's it's closed you know but i'll offer it again in the future but this Mm -hmm. is like the biggest program i've ever done and i'm really really excited about it and it teaches people about yogic philosophy and ayurveda and vedic astrology and kind of how to design a life that's mindful and in alignment with themselves constitutionally and karmically and it's just really exciting for me um And I do have the podcast astrology. Now my website is inner knowing.yoga. And then my Instagram is astrology now underscore podcast. And Pavi, I just really, really, really appreciate you having me on and getting to talk to you is just always so grounding. I just always feel so refreshed. So Mm. it's just such a nice time.
0: Thank you. Oh my gosh, I love that. Yes, thank you. Yeah, this was such an amazing conversation. I know we've been like wanting to have this um for a while now and yeah, I I I feel like this is just the perfect time. I you know, divine timing, everything. I feel like there's there's a lot of things just happening in my own life and my, you know, my own spiritual journey right now that I feel like this conversation was really necessary even for me. So thank you so much for coming on the podcast and for this amazing conversation. I will definitely leave all of your information in the description um, for this episode so you guys can check out Christine's um, content. Like I said, it's it's amazing. Um, she's always posting a lot of really amazing like educational stuff. And also, I think just to kind of like learn more about Vedic astrology. Cause I always love when you post kind of the um, transits because it's, it's different from Mm -hmm. Western astrology. So I'm always like, wait, the planets are, yeah. So I, I love it. So yeah, definitely go check her out and yeah. Thank you so much for being on the podcast.
1: Yeah. Thank you so much, Pavi. I'll talk to you soon.
0: Yep. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please subscribe, post about it on social media, or leave a rating and review. To catch all the latest from me, you can follow me on Instagram at flowinshakti. Thanks again, and I'll see you next time.